Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. We are talking about some great things. In fact, three of them. Faith, hope, and love. The scriptures say that these three things abide, and the greatest of them is love. Now, we are presently talking about the second quality, hope. We said before that we don't hear very much about hope. We sort of think that hope is just natural. Some people have it, some people don't. It really doesn't matter whether we have it or not. We don't see it as a spiritual quality. We just sort of see it as a natural consequence of what we're going through. If we're going through bad situations, well, we don't have much hope. But if things get better and we see a possible way out, then we have hope. So as a result, we don't give hope the attention that it needs. But the Bible lists hope with faith and love. We speak a lot about faith. And we speak a lot about love, but we don't realize that hope is the quality that brings these things together. Our hope comes out of our faith in God, and that is a spiritual quality. And out of our hope will come the expression of love, which God wants displayed to the world. We've been saying all along that faith brings us into our position with God, hope is our disposition, and love is is the exposition of God's life through us. And they're all important. They're all interrelated. We have seen that hope is a steady, confident expectation that things are going to get better. When you have hope, you have a positive, optimistic outlook. If you don't have hope, you'll be negative, pessimistic, gloomy, your life will have major times of discouragement and despair. God doesn't want us to live in that kind of attitude. Because when we have faith in God, He turns all things together for good. We have a basis for our hope. And if we bring our thoughts into captivity, there is no need for us to be down. Yesterday we read Philippians 4 and verse 6 where it says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. God wants us to discipline our thoughts. If you discipline your thoughts, then your feelings will follow. Because the way you feel comes out of the way you think and interpret situations. So guard your mind as the scripture says here. Don't allow yourself to dwell on negative thoughts. See the positive, even if it's just a small percentage it says if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. I mean, if it's just 5-10%, then focus on that. You might think, well, but I'm not being realistic then. Listen, 
what many people think is realism is just pessimism. They're thinking the worst. They're just looking at it through natural eyes. They might say, well, I'm being realistic, but is God in the equation? Is God's miracle working power in the equation? Do you see answers to prayer in the equation? Do you see people being changed and transformed because of the life of God coming into them and thereby the whole situation changes? Listen, we can say we're being realistic, but we just deceive ourselves. We're just looking at life then from a natural point of view. What we need to do is see life from God's perspective. And when we do, we'll be able to function so much better. I remember reading about an experiment that was conducted a while ago, and it was amazing to me. They took a group of people out and tested them shooting a basketball, putting the ball through the hoop. And after testing and see how well they did, then they took them and broke them into three groups. One group, they said, for the next hour, we want you to continue practicing throwing the basketball. To the second group, they said, we don't want you to do anything. You can just sit down. You can just relax. To the third group, they said, we want you to sit down, but we want you to practice mentally. In your mind, see yourself shooting the ball through the hoop. Over and over in your mind, see yourself shooting and putting the ball through the hoop. Do this over and over again. Then after an hour's time, they came back and they tested them again. And as you would expect, the group that had practiced shot better than they had before. The second group that had done nothing shot about the same. But the third group was the amazing group to me. They had not practiced literally, but they had practiced in their mind and had seen themselves shoot the ball through the hoop. When they tested these people, they almost did as well as the people that had literally practiced. Now, isn't that something? That's amazing to me. But it shows this aspect of hope. They had seen themselves be successful. In other words, the quality of their state of mind affected their athletic ability. Oh, hear this today. If that is true in the natural, how much more is it true in the spiritual? When you see yourself successful, whatever you're going through, you see yourself overcoming. That will actually cause you to function better than you would have otherwise. I mean, think about momentum in sports games. I mean, two teams will be playing and one team will be getting ahead and then something will happen. And the announcer will say, there's been a shift in momentum. The team that was down scores, and now they begin to play better. And the other team that was doing well seems to play worse. Why? Because through that shift in momentum, one team began to believe that they could win. And as that hope sprung up in their heart, they actually played better. The other team, who now thinks we may not win, they play worse. We see it in sports. We see it in so many different aspects. But this is a spiritual principle that's laid out to us in the Word of God. If it works in all these areas, let's apply it to our lives. Be diligent to apply this. Now, in our spiritual walk, this is not just a natural hope, but it's a spiritual hope. It's a hope that's coming out of our faith in God. 
So we need to put on this helmet of hope. We need to discipline our thoughts, bring them into captivity so that we believe the best and hope the best and believe that things are going to get better. Now, what happens when you have faith but you don't have hope? Well, we have an Old Testament example that shows us this. Look at the children of Israel when they left Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land. If you know the story, Moses came to his people that were in slavery in Egypt and he brought God's word to the Pharaoh and eventually Pharaoh let them go. And the process of this was brought about by their killing a lamb, putting the blood on the doorpost of their home and then going forth out through the Red Sea into the wilderness. The Bible tells us that this journey is a type of our spiritual walk. And just as they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their home, we need to take the blood of Christ and put it on our lives and it protects us from the judgment of death, just as it protected Israel. The scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that their going through the Red Sea was a type of our going through the water of baptism. So this analogy is before us. But see what happens here. When they come out from the Red Sea, they enter the wilderness. And they come eventually to the borders of the promised land. And they send in spies to check out the land to see what it's like. And they do so. And the twelve spies return. And they all said, this is a good land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. But ten of the twelve said, but there's giants in the land. And there's walled cities. And we're not able to go up and possess the land. And as a result of this, all the people begin to cry. And they begin to moan and groan and say, Why? Why did God bring us all this way? And we're going to die here in the wilderness. There were only two spies, Joshua and Caleb, who said, But we are able to go up and take the country. But the people didn't respond to this positive message of hope. They responded to the negative message. It seemed more realistic to them. And as a result, they concluded that they couldn't do it. Then God tells them, because of your unbelief, you're not going to enter in. And no one in this company over the age of 20, except Joshua and Caleb, is going to enter in. I'm going to raise up a new generation here in the wilderness that will believe me and that will go in and possess the land. And so as a result, they wandered in that wilderness for 40 years. Now listen, see the analogy here. Why didn't they enter in? Because they didn't have any hope. They didn't believe that they could conquer. They had faith in that they had trusted in God and they had come out of Egypt, but they didn't have hope that they could enter in and live that God wanted them to live in. Listen, there are so many Christian people like this. They are Christians. They put their faith in God. They believe in Christ for their salvation, but they're living substandard lives. They're living in a wilderness. It's an in-between land. They're out of Egypt, but they're not yet possessing the destiny that God has for them. Why not? Because they don't have hope. As Christians, we need to get out of the wilderness. God has a plan and a future and a destiny for each and every person. But many times we fall short because we don't have hope that we can do the things that God wants us to do. We have to see what holds us back is this negative attitude. If we would have a positive attitude, we could do much more than what we could ever imagine in the natural. 
let alone what God can empower us to do through the spiritual. So don't get into this mindset of complaining and saying, oh, we can't do this and and we can't do that. This kind of wet blanket attitude just holds everyone back. Just as the people could not enter in until that last whining, complaining person died off in the wilderness. And once they did, they entered in. They possessed the land. They enjoyed what God had for them. The previous generation could have done it. But they didn't act in hope and faith. Well, our time is gone again, but we'll continue tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.